that better? Some of you are like, well, you didn't even know the difference, did you? <laughs> anyway, well, that being said, oh, well, I guess I don't repeat. Y'all heard me, right? Everybody heard me back there in the back. You're like, ah, oh, good, 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 good. All right. But uh, what was I saying? Oh, seniors that were, um, that were coming that had just finished school or whatnot, you say, why are you asking us all these awkward questions? I'm just, honestly, what I do is when you sign my book, I sometimes write something beside of a name. So, like, if I go back and I, let's see here, I met Maria. She's a writer. She's getting ready to go to college here soon. I, I met Lorenzo. He's getting ready to go to uh, cadet. It just helps me to write down a little bit. And like I said, I, it, it might be that God directs you in a totally different path, right? But that's all good, you know? I just want to be able to, to pray for what I do know, and so that's the reason why I just ask for a minute of your time when you sign my book. But anyway, those are the reasons there. Now, uh, last night, what a blessing. I hope that by God's grace, there's some mess that have been beginning to work through for many of you. Now, to, uh, during this, this session here, we got, it's, it's kind of like there's a lot that's involved. Like, how on earth am I going to take one type session, and we're going to talk a little bit about the LGBT community, and at the same time, we're going to come over here and talk about some injustices and like trafficking and different things that happen inside of our world. Like it's like all these like just like these these topics like kind of converge at this one. I mean, converge at this spot. Now, there's so many different things I was going to speak on, but I feel like this might be the best way to at least at least broadly hit some of these areas. And with that being said, I um, Genesis chapter number three is where we're going to be at. You might think it's strange the direction that we're going to be going and how we're going to get to these parts, but I do pray, by God's grace, it'll make some sense. Uh, we're going to be talking, whoopsie, all right, can y'all see that? Oh, yes, you can, there we are. All right, Genesis chapter number three, and what we're going to be talking about this morning, Genesis four, I'm sorry, we're going to be talking about anger. Now, I know that anger is sometimes one of those things that many people say either they struggle with it or they don't. Like there's really not the person who's like, ah, oh, he's a kind of, kind of, you know, like oh, I struggle with it. And people are like, I never get angry about anything. I think that, come on, we got to understand that anger is this emotion that we do have. If you never get angry, then I would follow up, ask you this, what do you love? Because anything that touches what you love, there's going to be the emotion of anger that says, hey, look, you can't do that. You, you can't do that to my family. You can't say that about my friends. I think sometimes anger gets a rap that sometimes shouldn't get. Now, there's a, probably a one bazillion different definitions, but I kind of look for something that kind of consistently goes through a thought process theologically. And as we go through, first just understand this. I say it like this as far as even the people I read behind, so this is this. It says God's given energy to solve problems. Basically, I see it as the fuel and the vehicle that gets you to a destination. Now, I, I do read in Scripture these things, and I want to make sure we cover these passages. I mean, let's me just mention them. I understand in Psalm 7 that God is angry. We understand in Colossians 3, you're supposed to put off anger. I understand the fact in Ephesians 4, be angry and sin not. Understand, let not the sun go down upon thy wrath. Different than yours, that swelling that we talked about yesterday. With all these things, I do not see in the Bible where the Bible says suppress or ignore the fact that you become angry. I do say that there are rules that go with anger. So before I jump into it and before I say, let's be a lot of bunch of hotheads and anger, there are a ton of rules that go with it. Biblically speaking, your anger rules. It is never okay, never allowed that our anger is motivated by pride. It's never allowed that our anger is allowed to linger. It's never allowed that after we become angry, we say destructful and hateful things. After we become angry, we distort what God's purpose and plan is for our life. And anger, you not 
to be directed at the wrongdoer. Now, I understand these are all biblical things that anger is a fuel, is a fuel to put inside of a vehicle to get to a destination. Now, it does serve a purpose, but understand that purpose that it serves whenever it leaves these boundaries to which I am talking about, we have entered into a zone that is wrong. It does not take us long in the Bible to find people that are angry. In fact, when I was working on the message about brother and sister relationships, I was like, let's start at the beginning of the Bible and let's find brother and sister relationships that didn't go well. Well, Cain and Abel, don't get too far, do you, right? You find that this kind of, this thing about me, well, and last night, obviously, the application about brothers and sisters, but now this matter about being angry with each other, it doesn't take long for anger to get out of control. Now, the whole point, I can't cover anger in its whole entirety, obviously. I'm just titling like this, deal with your anger. Let's just deal with our anger. Now, now, let me explain what I mean. All right, so go back to, let's just go to Genesis 3. All right, I'm sorry, Genesis 4, I keep saying 3. Genesis 4, all right, Genesis 4, start reading verse number 4. And Abel, he also brought, let's read verse 3. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought forth, brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the first thing of his flock of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. If thou doest, if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain taught with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother, and slew him. Sad story, terrible story, but... We learned something about anger in this. Let's have a word of prayer as we begin. All right. Father in heaven, do you thank you for the Bible? Thank you for what you teach us. Pray that you would empty me of myself, tell my spirit to say the things you'd have me to say. Lord, I thank you for the attention, Lord, that young people have given during this time, Lord, the prayer that has gone through this week. Lord, we take none of that for granted. And so once again, before this even begins to start, begin the ball, begins to start rolling, so to speak, as far as an understanding, Lord, may your hand of blessing be on the one who pushes the ball down the heap. I do thank you, Lord, for all your blessings and everything that you've done. For in Christ's name, we certainly do pray it all. Amen. Amen. All right, so we start off, here's the story, Cain and Abel, many of you are very aware of it, but we got to understand. So here comes Cain, he brings this offering unto God, and Abel brings his offering unto God. Now, we do not read, maybe some Bible scholar in the past knows, but we do not read exactly what this is supposed to look like, but we understand from the context that they were to already supposed to know. Blood sacrifice, whatever it was supposed to be, that they were supposed to bring. So Abel brings his firstling, he brings up his offering, and sacrifice unto the Lord. Here comes Cain. He thought that by his good, the, the fruits and stuff that he brought, he brought it as a sacrifice to the Lord. God looked at Abel's sacrifice and was pleased and then blessed Abel's sacrifice. Then he walks over to, well, not walks over, but then as Cain offers his sacrifice, God says no. Now, who's a basketball player inside of the house? Basketball, I was watching some of the ballers as you were playing yesterday. I love basketball, love watching basketball. Now, there's a couple of things in basketball that you understand that are kind of like the ultimate of being embarrassed or shamed or whatever it is. 
I would say in my ranking that the worst thing is to get your ankles broken. If you get your ankles broken by somebody and they complete the, oh, I mean, it's like try to live that one down, all right? There's another thing in basketball that is also one of those like, ooh, kind of moves. And that is when you go up for a shot and the defender comes up and what do they do? They what? Swat it. Reject it, right? Now, some of y'all just rejected somebody that looked at them, didn't you? <laughs> you know? Like, when you go up and the guy goes up and you get rejected. What it is, that's what makes the crowd go, oh, like, oh, like, why? Because it's like the ultimate sign of disrespect. You don't bring that here. Now, now God just looks at Cain's offering, and I know it's not like God's like, swat that mess, you know. It's not like God did that, but God did reject it. He said, no, that's not what I want. That's not what I asked for. And actually, God does something interesting. Now, when he does, he says, why art thou wroth? Lord said, verse 6, why is thy countenance fallen? So, okay, so Cain gets rejected. He becomes angry. It affects his face. It affects he, how he even do, like, how, as far as the outside. And the Bible says, what, uh, Lord says, why art thou wroth? And why is thou countenance fallen? He says this, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Now, so, here we go. Here we go. Um, use your imagination for just a moment, all right? Uh, that's not really, you really got to use your imagination, but let's just pretend. Oh, it doesn't even make sense. Ah, it'll work. All right, so use your imagination. Let's just say that's a doorway. <laughs> so you got to use your imagination, right? <laughs> let's just say, here I am, and I want to go in the door, in this weird door <laughs> that I have created, all right? Now, with that being said, now, what God did is he actually talked to Cain. And he says, Cain, why are you upset? Why are you so mad? He says, why is your countenance fallen? He says, Cain, you know what I've asked of you. And then in Cain's anger, what his anger should have done is led him to a point where then he went and got the proper sacrifice to God. But God says this, Cain, if you let your anger continue to take you down a path, sin lieth at the door. Now, now, uh, okay, in ancient, 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 ancient times, people believed that demons were by the doors. This is just, like, this is not like a biblical reference, it's just historical. People believed that demons were by the door. Kind of like how we say, if you walk under a ladder, your mom's going to break her back or something. No. What happens, something happens when you walk under a ladder. Like, it's just like bad luck, right? Now, what he's saying, in this case, if the Lord is using this reference point, if he is, whatever, if he's not. But he says, look, Cain... If you allow your anger to then take you out this door, there ain't no demon at this door. Sin lieth at the door. It is crouching here waiting for you. So here's your anger. I've been rejected. I've been like, this person has done. Now, obviously, these emotions are strong, but you're getting the point. He's upset. It's an energy. It's a fuel that then is supposed to get you to a destination. The destination is not to the door of sin. 
But what happens is when the fuel then comes inside, if we just hold it, hold it, let it seed, let it boil, let it burn till our face is affected, our actions are affected, we know we violated one of the rules. And he says, Cain, if you go ahead and follow your anger and you go out that door, sin lies at the door. Well, what happens? He decides to go out that door and let his anger take him where it shouldn't go. When the anger took him where it wouldn't go, what happens? It says in verse number 8, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. So what happens after this? This is not a situation where Cain is like, I'm so mad at him. I can't control myself. I'm going to kill him. And he goes and kills him this is premeditated man he goes to his brother and says hey Abel hey come here where are you going to be later on today man oh you're going to be watering the sheep great do you water sheep you know what I mean but like feeding sheep water <laughs> like what what are you going to be doing later on today oh I'm going to be such and such place great great just wondering have a good day Abel he talks with his brother he premeditates this entire event. Now, here's what some people say who get angry all the time. They say, well, they made me so mad. I just couldn't control it. I just couldn't control it. And I just had to say something. I just, I had to hit her. I, I had to push him. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You had a decision, baby, to where your anger was going to take you back here. Now, when you get to this door, you over here saying, I can't control it. No, 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 sir. You can. That vehicle was to take you somewhere profitable, but you chose this door. Now, does it make sense? Let's put something to it, all right? Let's, whoops, yeah. Let's go through this, this list really quick. Okay, so I, I'm going to define what came with problem was in a little bit. But let me tell you the things we get mad about just in summary format, format. Things we get mad about. The first thing we get mad about is injury. Damage to a tangible part of our life. For example, sorry, video games, I'm giving you an illustration, right? So let's just say you're playing a game with your friend, playing your PS5, whatever. As you're playing a game, you lose FIFA. Ah, take the friend's controller throw it down and you break it just because you're just getting emotional during the game. Now, the friend gets angry. Bro, what are you doing, man? You broke my controller. Now, anger is an injury. You have hurt a tangible part of my life. You broke my stuff. So many of you are driving. Ever been rear-ended? I have. It's an injury. A person comes, crunches the back. You get out of your car. Now, you might not be angry like, ah, coming out, but you are irritated. You are angry. Now, what is it going to do? It's an injury to a tangible part of my life. My bumper <laughs> is messed up because of you. Now, that's injury. Now, there's another one. Injustice. Injustice. This is this. The violation of what is considered right and just for another person. I am a um, trafficking and sex trafficking especially. I have no words of how passionate I am to see tr sex trafficking not to be a normal thing in our society. I hate it. It is an injustice. It should not happen. I look at different communities. I speak on racial reconciliation often. Black community, obviously, vested interest, as you can tell. With that being said, there are injustices 
that should not happen. There are stories that should not be part of our narrative. What I'm saying is it causes what? Anger. You say, Adrian, you're not supposed to be angry. Hold up before you start throwing the stones, baby. Because when, they find, when we find that these three specific areas is where we find the emotion of anger begins. A, da- a tangible part of our life, you broke my stuff. Or, in this case, an injustice. This should not be happening to this group of people or whatever it is. The last one, identity. Now, this is where most of our anger comes from. Most of our anger comes because of identity insults. A person walks up, you are a lazy person. That's where most of our anger comes from. I don't think you're a good student. I think that you are terrible with people. I do not think you are good at your job. These are identity insults, okay? Now, many times you insult a person about their job or their work. It doesn't matter how much money you have. The thing of the matter is, you can have and be like LeBron and be one of the billionaire, athlete, you know, concurrent athletes or whatever it be. But do you know one thing that he still can't stand? Do you know what a KD still can't stand? Is the fact to take an identity insult. If you hurt Kevin Durant with an injury and break something of his, he'll be angry, but he got enough money he can fix it. And injustice, what can he do? He can go ahead and start, a, I don't know, and I promise in Akron or whatever it is, like, or, or LeBron can't, because then I'm going to go against injustice. But what do we do with identity insults? You are not the goat. <laughs> or you are not such and such. Identity insults are tough. We're going to talk about that. Now, this is where we normally get upset. Follow the thinking. The reason that this is important is because... I want to show you how it is that we get to this door. When you become angry about an injury, it is so easy to fix. All you got to do is fix the tangible. I'm not saying in every circumstance that I'm sitting over here and minimizing it, but I am saying it's easy to fix. The anger has an outlet. So here we go. Here's you and your friend playing video games. You throw the controller down. Boom. Throw the controller down. Friend becomes angry. Hey, man, why did you do that? The fight began. Well, not the fight, but anger happens. As anger happens, there's an easy solution. Buy me a new remote control. Fix the tangible. I'm upset about my car. You hit my car. Well, there's a solution. Fix the bumper. Pay somebody to take care of it. The anger has a vehicle that instead of going to the door, we go to the solution And we say, let's go ahead and use our energy, our emotional energy, to fix the problem. Now, injustice, a little bit harder, but still, it's fairly easy. It's your anger. You get upset about injustices. There's that call that that in Texas where there was these people that were being trafficked, and they were literally cooking alive inside of an an 18-wheeler in the Texas heat. I remember reading that story. I become angry. I want to go down and we would say, I want to wring somebody's neck and do this door, whatever it is. But injustice does have a solution. Join some type of program. Get to a point where you're praying more for those traffic victims. Go to certain things, some lines to be able to be of help. There is an outlet. 
but listen to this, teenager, that we've got to get, is with identity, there's no solution except a new identity within Christ. Meaning this, all right, you are a lazy person. You are a worthless person. You are a dumb person. You are an idiot. Where does the anger go? Where do you go? Where's the destination? I got my, I got my car. I got my gas. But I ain't got no map. And here's what many times happens. We go straight to the door. You're an idiot too. You're stupid as well. I can't even live with you. That's what happens. Now, we're going to talk tonight about this new identity portion of this. But the realization of the fact that we become angry and then there's a stop about what happens when it comes to identity. Let me give you a Bible example. Now, any Leahs? Is there any Leah here? Are you a Leah? Anybody's name Leah? Hi, Leah. You know, your name is so cool. But wow. Have you ever thought of Leah in the Bible? That girl had a hard life, bro. Like, let me show you what I mean by anger and how it goes similar. Okay, so here's Leah's life. She has her dad. No, not your life, Leah. You know what I'm saying. But, you know, here, that's so terrible. I'm like describing it. I never made the distinction that it's not that Leah, okay? <laughs> but, so your dad um, basically like tricks a guy into even marrying you, you know? Like, you're always living in the shadow of your younger sister. Everybody looks at her and says she's gorgeous, she's amazing, she has all the personality, she's so awesome. And you're just kind of there. You're just kind of like invisible. Leah's just invisible. And so, um, you can't tell me that girl was not angry with her sister. This emotion of what do I do, I feel worthless to my sister. And so my dad goes out basically tricks this guy, I get married to him, when the guy, quote unquote, lifts the veil and sees my face, the first thing my husband does is look at me and gives me a face of, I didn't want you. That's, you're not Rachel. I didn't, who are you? Could you imagine the psyche of that woman? Could you imagine... Her entire life, where are you going to go? Back to your dad who pawns you off? Where are you going to go? So you try to stay with your husband and make it work. In that culture, to have men, male children was a big deal. So what does she start doing? Having kids. One and a two and a three. Having children. Why? Because maybe, just maybe, he will love me. Maybe... I can actually go and feel this thing I see my sister basking in every single day doing nothing. And I'm trying. And still doesn't love me. Okay, the girl had anger. Right? There's the anger. But you see, with identity, I feel worthless. I feel like I can do nothing right. I feel all these emotions. These are identity situations. And so there's no path. 
there's nothing to where this takes me. So many times it just sits inside and boils. I hate them. I hate me. I hate all of it. Well, okay. So she comes to Judah. This is the child she has is Judah. When she has Judah, it's a wee bit different on Judah. When she has Judah, you find that even by the naming of the child of Judah, you know what she's saying? Is that, you know what? I may never be accepted. My husband and my dad might not be the one that I feel the warm embrace that I see him give my sister. But I find that my identity is in Christ and that I matter to him and I matter to God. And so therefore, by faith, I'm just going to praise his name. The only solution Leah had was to find her worth, her identity, her everything, and nothing in this world but from her heavenly father. My friend, the only solution to an identity insult is a new identity in Christ. Look, um, this is why the LGBT community, people like, yeah, like the people, like I go to school with some guys, and they, they find out I'm a Christian, they find out I'm a Christian or different things, they like hate me. They're like, because I didn't even say anything. I use even the lingo of, I hate the sin, love the sin. I, 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 you know, I use all the lingo. I just think that they just can't stand me. I just don't know why. I try to be kind. Yes, they hate you. Yes. Why? You are insulting their identity. Their identity as far as me saying, I identify I'm a guy born male, identify as a female, and you say I can't? Look, even unsaved people has a vehicle of anger to do the right thing. But with identity insults, they ain't got nothing. Therefore, the only conclusion is you, my friend, are the enemy. You hate everything I want. You want me to be unhappy. You want me to live in destitution. The solution is not that we try to convince them that there's something they're not. The solution is that they find a new identity in Christ. We walking up in here with our hazmat suit thinking, oh, let me be delicate with this situation because he's gay. Stop it. They need a new identity in Christ. Every single person has no place to place that fuel, that energy, save the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, I know it sounds airy and floaty, floaty, floaty. But bro, I ain't from here. I'm going there. You see what I'm saying? Seems corny. But that's my home. If I don't get the couches where I want down here, that's okay, because that's my home. When we find that our identity is found there, I believe it then changes the way that we then interact with those that are around us. Teenager, in closing, um, some of you are very angry people. Um, you are, your life circumstances, if you were to tell me what's happening in your life, I would come beside you, and I would cry with you, 
And I will say, bro, I get it. I know exactly why you're that mad. But let me tell you, this is the message for this morning. Deal with your anger. If it's something injury, go fix it. Figure, find a way to fix the tangible. If it's something that we find that is, uh, as far as an injustice, do something about it. Find your outlet. Don't let it boil. But tonight, let's go into more details of how it is that we then find a new identity.